This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. This episode. Group B, Denmark. Today we're heading to Copenhagen to speak with my old friend Trolls Bagathorgerson, who is the editor-in-chief of Tips Budette, the leading weekly magazine and also Scandinavia's oldest football publication. Now, Trolls is a hugely respected figure in European football. He's the Danish voter in the Ballon d'Or Award, as well as the Danish jury member for UEFA's Best Player Award. And like many Scandinavian journalists, he follows the wider world of European club football because most of Denmark's players are playing in the top leagues around the continent. So there's no better person than Trolls to speak to about Danish football and the Danish national team as they prepare for the Euros. Now, we spoke just before the World Cup qualifiers in March, when there was a lot of concerns about the form and fitness of Denmark's best player, Christian Eriksen, after he failed to get a move away from Inter Milan in the January transfer window. So the feeling in Denmark was a little pessimistic, a little bit cautious ahead of those games. But in the March games, Denmark had three brilliant results, three convincing wins, including a 4-0 defeat of Austria in Vienna. So they're in really good shape with a new coach, new ideas. And if the players stay fit... I think Denmark will be intriguing outsiders this summer in the Euros. So grab a glass of schnapps as we find out all about the Danish national team with Trolls Beggar Thorgerson. Trolls, what's the mood in Denmark ahead of the Euros? Denmark are one of the few countries who changed coach in the past year. Um, with a new coach, a bit like Poland and, and, and Holland. But how are people feeling ahead of the tournament this summer? I think, I think pretty much as optimistic as you, as you can be here in, here in 2021. Um, I think in general, I mean, most people or more people than not, they consider a new, new coach an upgrade. Kasper uh, Juhlmann has... Has, has has quite the reputation in in Denmark. Um, so for the most part, people are optimistic and with reason. And having said that, 
there are there are a few uh, pretty serious issues that are you gonna you know really keep keep people on the edge uh, pretty much until I think the first match day in June. Yeah, just go back to to um, the appointment of Yulman because he 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 took over from Harida, who stood yeah. down in the summer, who had a pretty good record. Yeah. After taking over from Morton Olsen, who'd, who'd been in charge for what seemed like forever. I mean, he was one it, of the, it, the world... it was forever. It was forever. <laughs> and Harida took over, and, and obviously an outsider, a foreign coach, um, yeah. and, and had a pretty good record. But then he he didn't want to extend his contract. What was what were the circumstances there? Did he was he forced out? Did he leave? What, what happened? I'd say. I'd I'd say it's a mix, but mostly he was he was forced out. Um, you can you can look at you can look at the appointments um, as sort of a you know this sort of flip flopping that you see in many in many football teams and national teams that you have you have a certain coach and Morton Olsen was definitely a systems coach and a guy who who rated possession who rated technique who who rated you know Denmark creating the games even against you know top teams Denmark Denmark had to you know be able to be able to to keep possession and create chances and then you then 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 you then you take on you, you we Denmark had Olsen for for one and a half decade and then you you put a guy who's in many ways the opposite you put him in charge because now you want something new. You want more direct football. You want physical football. You want to see something new. And broadly speaking, with Yulman, you're going back to the uh, you're going back to the previous approach. You're 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 rating a. It's not one to one, but you're you're rating getting a coach that 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 wants attacking football. That wants to keep the ball, not at all cost, but but he definitely wants the ball more than 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 Ogahara did. So so in that way, in that way you can look at it as as this this typical flip flopping that so many clubs do. That after after years of the same type of coach, whether it be a possession coach or a counter attacking coach, then you want the opposite. If you had an if you had an open, lenient, easygoing coach. You want a disciplinarian as, as as your next coach, and then for, for for the next appointment, you 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 flop back to the to the other type. So, I mean, in in that in that sense, I think Yulman is probably is probably closer at least to to what most Danish football fans think Danish football should be, because we have this we have this sort of silly notion that we're the Brazilians of Scandinavia. And we're the ones playing possession football, and the uh, the Swedes and the Norwegians they just hoof it to 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 some two minute guy called Karev or Flo or, or Ibrahimovic, and then and then play on from there. So in that sense, it 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 plays to it plays to our our, our concept of ourselves. And what's the status of Hjulmund in 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 Denmark? Because he had success with with Nordjylland, yeah, and and then winning the title. He then went to Germany. He went yeah. to Mainz. He, he replaced the, the previous coaches were Klopp and Tuchel. So, yeah. um, 
he, but he's now back in Denmark. Was he? Yeah. Was he? How did his experiences in Germany affect him? Was he? Was he still seen as the sort of the go-to guy in terms of the the number one coach in Denmark? It was a surprise. It was a surprise that he was appointed um, as national team manager because uh, even to himself, like he thought he thought he was going to. At one point, he thought he was going to Belgium. Um, he had other other job offers as well in in club football. That is. Um, all, all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, it—it's you know, the world formed so 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 becoming Denmark manager was was the obvious choice for him, and and it 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 probably was it probably was the uh, the best choice for uh, for Denmark also in terms of names. If you if you if you were getting a, a Danish coach, uh, Michael Laudrup is sort of is sort of semi quarter semi. Retired. Um, he's not. He's not very keen on on pursuing top jobs anymore. Um, so, so Yulman was probably seen as the biggest name, but definitely also the most competent coach. And I, I think people are starting to realize that he learned from he learned from Germany. Um, he learned from from his his failure at Mainz. Um, they, you know, as you say, they took they he he took over from Klopp and and Tuchel, and that's. As a heavy burden, um, um, but it it seemed that Mainz didn't really know what they were getting into, and perhaps Yulman wasn't either, uh, because they they said that when they sacked him, they said that we don't want a systems coach, as you say in Germany, um, or a process trainer. I think the uh, the proper German term is. Um, okay. Uh, even even though that they've been pretty clear that this this was the type of coach that they had they had appointed when when he replaced Tuchel, so um so he I think Yulman has grown more pragmatic over the years. When he was appointed at Mainz, he definitely had this this possession reputation that his teams should basically play like FC Barcelona. Um, and he's, it's much more nuanced now. Um, Denmark. Denmark still wants the ball. Denmark want good passing players, but but he's he's definitely taken up he's taken up the the modern pressing game and the uh, you know picking players that you know has the physical ability to play that game. Uh, this this high pressing German inspired style. So so he's more he's more rounded. He's more pragmatic than he than he used to be. Sure, and they had the games in the autumn of twenty twenty. Obviously, the, the six games in the Nations League. Wins over Iceland, a win over a victory over England at Wembley, but sure. defeats to Belgium. So how how did that how did those results go down, and how were the performances seen uh, in those games? I think overall the the performances probably, it, to a certain degree, it has helped shape the uh, shape the uh, shape the public, the fans, the media's perception of what a Casper Juhlmann team is in, in 2020 and in 2021, that he was still seen as this 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 Guardiola-style coach that wanted Denmark to have the ball 65% of the time. Um, but but playing England, playing Belgium, you saw that that he's actually a, quite a pragmatic coach that he, he deployed, you know, f- rather physical uh, forwards in, in Martin Braithwaite and and Yusuf Poulsen, they are they are they're smart. They are you know they're used to playing this this pressing game. 
um, and and they probably you know they probably aren't the you know they aren't the ideal fits to a to a possession team that you know that that need many touches in 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 every attack um, and and when creating chances but you know especially with those two players you saw that and they they also play played most most of the time with Harreide and you saw that you know he he. he he knows that Denmark has to Denmark has to adapt to to its opponents, and that's probably probably the reputation Denmark didn't have back with with modern Olsen. Even if you played Spain or England or Italy, it was a it was a you know open style possession Denmark tried to play. Um, so so it is it is shaping it is shaping the uh, the uh, the perception of what Yulman and what what the Danish national team is. Um, and there, there was also some criticism then of, of of you know the number of chances created and goals scored that the forwards the forwards weren't exactly uh, lucky or fortunate with uh, with uh, with their finishing. Um, they probably should have scored more. Yeah, and um, Ericsson yeah scored the goal at penalty uh, the penalty at, at Wembley. Um, yeah. He's still the main man, is he? I mean, he he you know he's scored. I think he was the top scorer in the nations league for Denmark. He was hoping to leave Inter in January. Yeah, he's had a pretty miserable time in Italy. Yeah. Um. What's what's going on with Ericsson? Why did he Why did he stay in in Milan? I think Ericsson, Ericsson he's probably the reason why I, I I said that we're gonna we're gonna sit on the on the edge of our of our chairs until until we've we've seen him play the first game in June because that that is the main question. Um, Ericsson. Ericsson really seemed seemed that he wanted to leave Tottenham, not at any cost, but close to. Um, so, Inter were the ones who were willing to to pay the uh, pay the fee, and then he went to Inter Milan. Um, even though you know playing for Antonio Conte and you know playing the style, knowing what he demands of his of his midfielders. Even even Conte's creative midfielders, you know they they're better off being being either at least uh, at least six foot tall or, or 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 quite strong because he he demands them to run he demands tackling and and Eriksen just wasn't he wasn't the right fit and it's it's and then Corona came and Eric basically only started with the team in June and 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 uh, Conte didn't really seem to have patience with them or. Or be willing to adapt Inter to to Ericsson. So, and yeah, it's been it's, it's for his club team. It's been a miserable year for for Ericsson because then we we hit January 2021 and no one's willing to pay for him. They're not even willing to pay for pay for a loan or pay for for the wages that he has. They're quite high in at Inter Milan. So he was he was caught up in in many ways. He's been caught up by this insane. Year that 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 COVID has has created for all of us. Um, so so now the big question is what, how many minutes is he going to play in in Inter until until Denmark has to play in June? It's it, it's it's really the main question because he's been playing good for Denmark so far. But I mean, can he keep it up? We're not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the tactical options that that human has. Uh, and particularly Ericsson. First, let's just take a quick break. Right, back talking Denmark with trolls. 
in terms of tactical formations, trolls, four three three has always been the the sort of default setup. And 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 is that the way it's staying with Hillman? Is he is he sticking? You, you talked about more of a possession game, but how he's he's also can be pragmatic, but he will stick with four three three. Do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he will. Um, but he is. I think I think he is flexible with his um with how the two you know how the two wide forwards what what their duties are. Um, um. Say play, playing against Belgium, for instance, Belgium, a true world class team. Uh, I think yeah, you suppose and in Braithwaite, they they were definitely asked to track back and 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 help out um, help out with when when Belgium were were established in possession and and they definitely had that chores as well when in in the pressing game. So so we four three three will remain the formation, but. Um, I mean, you don't get a you don't get a free pass uh, run on in your style if you if you play wide for uh, for Denmark. Um, you you have to track back and you have to participate in in pressing. So in that way, it's a it's more of a it's a flexible um, it's a flexible four three three where where everyone has to has to, has to participate in the def- defensive work as well. And you mentioned Braithwaite and Paulson as the the wide attackers. Um, are they seen as being more effective in that in those wide roles rather than the central role? Does that does that mean that Dolberg is still the first choice? Casper Dolberg is the as the central striker, or will there be other? Dol- Dolberg is probably the favourite. Um, he's had an unfortunate year as well. Uh, nice has been playing quite poorly. Um, Dolberg has had quite you know, quite serious trouble with it, with COVID nineteen. Um, and and now he, uh, I think he, I think he had to have an, op- he had an operation on his appendix, I think, um, recently. So so he's uh, he, here, uh, he, he, you know, he, he scored two digits in in 2019-20, but he's he's really struggled this uh, this season. But he, he he should be he, sh- he should be Denmark's number one because Andreas Cornelius. The, uh, the alternative in uh, Parma in the Serie A, he's, he's he, he, you know halfway in the season he hadn't scored yet, uh, so it, it's been a horror year for him and 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 Parma brought in um, Parma brought in two new strikers in the January window, so so things are looking bleak for for Cornelius. So if if Dolberg is fit, he, he's going to play. Yeah, and so there was another, a youngster made a debut in the in the autumn, didn't he? Jonas Vin, is that yeah. right? Yeah, you, you understand. He should. I think he he should be in the squad as well for Denmark uh, coming on. Um, he's definitely he's definitely the inform uh, uh, forward for uh, for Denmark. He's uh, he started he started the uh, the Danish Superliga quite well. Um, he could be you know he he he's 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 a candidate to to you know to be player of the year in in the Danish tournament even with with Copenhagen struggling. So so he's quite good but um I'm I'm sure come come Euro 2021 it's going to be it, it's going to be Dolberg playing. Um he, he's more experienced and and Jonas Wind will uh, will will probably leave for 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 a top league in in summer or in 2022 and then he he'll he'll be a fixture for Denmark for sure. Yeah, sure. And and going back to the midfield, you've got Eriksen obviously as a sort of key man and it would be Delaney and Hoiberg as the the other midfielders. Yeah, would they? they yeah. they'll be doing more of the sort of legwork in midfield. Yeah, uh, they will. They they will. In 
Delaney in Dortmund. He's helped out by um, by Imre Can, um, playing in in defense for for Dortmund instead of in in central midfield, which we were, which we thought he would would you know remain his position. But it means that Delaney's playing quite a lot for Dortmund, and and um, you know he'll he'll definitely be a starter with uh, along with uh, with Hoybjerg, who. You know, he his form has dipped along with the rest of Tottenham, but but he's uh, he's really developed well. Um, he's he's, he's going to be you know a mainstay for Denmark for for at least uh, for at least the next four six years. Yeah, sure. Uh, and at the back, Schmeichel, Kasper Schmeichel is is the obvious first choice, um, a popular figure in Denmark. Um, yeah. In terms of the defence, Simon Kjaer's having a, a fantastic season in, in Italy, um, but Andreas Christensen is been out of favour at Chelsea so does that mean that Yannick Vestergaard would be more likely to start in the back back four alongside Kjaer? Simon Kjaer will play if he's fit um, and then it's 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 basically right now it's basically a three-way between Vestergaard, uh, Andreas Christensen and, and Matthias Sanga Jorgensen from from Copenhagen um, and it it you know that position could come down to to form as well when we hit April and and May. You know who's who's playing the best. Sure, and and left back seems to be a problem. You've got Robert Robert Scoff, Scoff yeah, he's plays at Hoffenheim. Essentially, he's a winger. But he's been yeah. playing at left back. Is that is that seen as a worry? Or is it could could it actually be an advantage to have a an attacking player in that role? No, I think it's it's been it is it's it, it has been done on on. Purpose because Robert Scott, you know, he's he's a great he's a great player. He's creative. He's he's a, he has a fantastic shot. But he is he's not slow, but he's not the quickest either, and and not in acceleration either. So so you know you know playing he could he could play he could play a forward he could play he could play a winger it would be no problem for him. But against top opponents, he's probably better off. With you know, with more space from from you know coming forward as as left back. So I think it's a it's a tactical choice as well that 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 you know even if it seems counter logic, it's it's probably the way to to fit him into the uh, fit him into the uh, into the starting eleven and and it could go that way in in his club as well. He played the position and. Uh, a lot of the time in, in last season for for Hoffenheim, and it's been more unsteady this season. But it um, even if it you know he was top goal scorer in the Danish league, and he, 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 his shot is fantastic. Um, you know, left back could actually be his his future position and his his position for the next ten years. And and are there any players that the people in Denmark are calling for to be introduced into the squad? In 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 the in ahead of the tournament, are there any any people who could be a surprise? Who could could sort of squeeze in, or is, is the squad pretty settled? It's um, I think the starting lineup is pretty settled. Um, you've got a couple of central midfielders, um, Matthias Jensen at Brentford in the Championship. It's it's slightly ridiculous and very very fortunate for Brentford that he's still playing there he's a really really good passing midfielder um there's a, there's a guy called Jens Jönsson who bloomed late he's playing at for Cadiz in the uh, La Liga he he's an alternative for the uh, you know for the defensive central midfield position he's been doing quite quite well too um 
there there aren't that many aces it, it's better probably better for for 2022 but but um there's a guy called Miguel Damsgaard he's playing uh, at Sampdoria in the Serie A and he's really being um, he's, he's still not he's still not a starter uh, at least not every week but he's really lighting up uh, the Serie A when he when he comes on for for Samp and he's um, he, he he could be a future name. He can play in midfield. He can be play one of the forward positions as well. Um, so I say Mikkel Damsgaard. He's he, he he could be the ace in the hole. And and then uh, it's it's going to be interesting. The last one is going to be interesting to hear see what what happens to Pionicisto as well. Pionicisto was a uh, he 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 started really really well in in Celta Vigo and then he was basically an an enigma uh, both for Denmark and for for Celta until. From 2018 to 2020, and he, it seems that he he struggled with some some personal issues. He moved back, uh, with a with a lot of controversy. He moved back to his former club FC Midtjylland in summer. Uh, he was literally in the offices of uh, FC Copenhagen. Um, they flew him to Denmark on a private plane, um, which one of the shareholders sent to to Spain to to pick him up, and then he he basically walked out of the uh, the offices of uh, of Copenhagen. Um, and then he signed for for Midtjylland uh, the week after. So, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if he you know he's done well in in awesome played Champions League with with Midtjylland. Um, and if he if he has a good spring season for um, for Midtjylland, he could definitely be a you know he could be a a good a good uh, sub for for Denmark in in the World Cup because he's when he's on form, he's probably the best. Um, he's he's the best dribbler and he's the best you know. Playmate for uh, for Christian Eriksen. Um, if you want, if you want someone who's skilled in in uh, in combinations uh, and, and you know opening up uh, uh, low defenses, um, the Piano Sisto is your guy if he's on form. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about Sisto because um, I want to ask a little bit more about the the transfer market and and, and clubs in in Denmark. Yeah. Um, but first, let's take another quick break. Back with Charles talking Denmark, Charles. Richard Moller Nielsen, the coach when Denmark uh, won the Euros in '92, that surprise victory, used. I mean, you've probably heard this lots of times, but he used to compare football with waves of, on the sea. He said that big countries like Germany and Italy and Spain produce wave after wave of players, but Denmark, a, a nation of five million people, only have big players uh, one wave at a time, and 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 not that often. Is that how Denmark? sees itself is that a, is that a, 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 a sort of um, a, a correct way to sort of see how Dan- Danish football is at the moment I think it's 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 fairly accurate it's fairly accurate even though we we moan we groan we criticize the um, the standard of play the amount of, of young players coming up um, I think in our hearts we know that that there's only 5.5 million of us Um and there's only there's only so much talent to to go around, and and with Denmark, Denmark is around 12, 13 on on the um, in the UEFA club rankings. Um, that's when when you when you put feelings aside, that's actually a pretty good, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good place to be. Um, so so things are are pretty good for uh, for Danish football at the moment. Um, the the clubs are. When you look across Europe, uh, then Danish clubs feel, you know, they, they should feel quite, 
quite fortunate that they they are in Denmark. That you know the the financial crisis isn't 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 as bad as it is in, in many other European European countries. So so all in all, you know Danish football is pretty well off, and there's a there's quite a few players to, to select from for uh, for for Kasper Yulmart. Uh, I think uh, Mort, uh, I know Martin Olsen is is rather jealous of uh, of Yulmart. Uh, when you when you look at the players he 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 could select in his last years, um, the quality has definitely you know definitely increased. I mentioned the Euro '92 team. In England, we're still fixated on on '66 and, and and the England team. Then in Denmark, are people still referencing the Euro the '92 team? Is that, is that something that's still celebrated, or have people people moved on? It's not as much. I don't think it's as much the team itself. Um, because if, if you if you analyze it, you know we we are aware that that's that it was it was it was quite lucky as well. Uh, you know if you look at it, if you if you analyze it, Denmark created the fewest chances. Um, uh, Peter Peter Schmeichel, that is Peter Schmeichel was there were there was those were probably his his best weeks in his career in a in an outstanding career that is. Um, so so it's it's probably you know, people are. are referencing the feeling people people my age late 30s uh, and and older we remember the feeling uh, in in those days and those weeks and it's 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 that feeling that we are refer- referencing to more than more than the team itself um the you know the 80s team that went to mexico in 86 it's seen as a as a much better footballing side at least uh the uh, the 92 side was a was great at defending but but wasn't very exciting no no and that and that 86 team you mentioned the the team that that went to to to, to mexico and was really played some really exciting football coached okay. by a german in in set Piontek. yeah um but there always seems to be more links with dutch football than than german football is that and you mentioned how you see danish people see themselves as the brazilians of, of scandinavia is that is that why there are links historically a lot of links with ajax and with dutch football rather than than German football, there are, there are a whole lot of links to German football, but we'd rather talk about the Dutch <laughs> because, as, as, as you say, as you say, that's that's it, it plays it plays to 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 what we think of ourselves as as you, as as I talked about then the, the, the Danes as as the Brazilians of the of, of Scandinavia, which is sorry to say slightly ri- ridiculous. We're not that good, but it, it, it yeah, it definitely plays to it. it, it you know the connection to to Holland definitely plays to how we how we see ourselves. Um, um, it's it's funny. You, 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 actually, today you have you have more players going to. Well, it feels as if it's there. There are more players going to Belgium actually than uh, mm. in, in 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 the Netherlands today. It's uh, it's more or less only Ajax that's still bringing quite a few Danish players. But other than that, it's uh, it's Belgium. Uh, the traffic is 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 going towards. The, you mentioned Piano Sisto. Yeah. Um, and and he he came through at uh, Mitchell and, and and there's been quite a few. I mean, and other clubs have got academies in Africa and they're scouting players in Africa. Yeah. Um, is, is that purely an economic thing that it's a, it's a it's a place to recruit? Uh, it's a way of getting players into Europe through Denmark. Is is the fact that people like Sisto are then appearing for the national team? Is that just a byproduct of it? Do you think it will continue? Or will it be another trend transfer trend in a few years' time? I think, I think a major trend in in Denmark 
in Denmark right now is yeah a focus on as as in in many parts of of Europe it's a it's a focus on on young players, um, but you can also you can, you can also tell that that Denmark and Danish teams are becoming interesting to uh, to foreign investors. Um, we've seen it in in the UK. Uh, we've seen it more or less for two decades now. Uh, we've seen it in in Italy, in uh, in France too, uh, even to a certain extent uh, Spain, and then further down in the uh, in the European football hierarchy. And uh, we're seeing it here in uh, here in Denmark now as well. That 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 Denmark is seen as this is is a it's a place with low corruption. It's a transparent society, infrastructure, everything is is working well. Um, and it's a it's a place where it's easy to get a get a work permit. I mean, pretty much, we can we can bring in guys from from Tonga and Lesotho if we if we want to. You just have to pay them a proper wage, and then they they have a work permit. Um, so that affects how Danish clubs are run, and and also who owns them. Uh, because there are there are major changes in that in that area in these years. Yeah, and there's been some recent investments, American investors that you're you're looking at. Yeah. Um, and and is it is that a concern that these people are coming in as as investors, financial people, as opposed to football people? I said that's a, that's as I, I think to me that's one of the main questions we have. I know it's been it's been a discussion for years in in the UK. Um, I mean, whether it's it's good or bad for for the Premier League, for the Championship, for League One, League Two, uh, that you have that many uh, foreign investors as as you do now um, today, as we speak, you and I, it's um, it's nine out of twenty four teams in the uh, in the top league in Denmark and in the uh, second league in Denmark. Nine out of twenty four are, are owned by by foreign investors, um, and there are there are nuances there are differences to the to their strategy but pretty much all of them they have they have the transfer markets at heart that that's what they're really interested in they want to bring in players to denmark and they do it from 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 africa from i was about to say asia not that many asian players yet but definitely from africa from south america from north america as well um, Denmark is, is, is seen as this safe stepping stone where you can develop players and then sell them on for a profit. And this is this is going to be tested in in the coming years. What what are the effects of this? Uh, are you just going to turn turn you know half of uh, half of the Danish clubs? Are you going to turn them into farmer teams, uh, selling players to to Italy, to Germany, even to the Premier League? Um, and what is that going to do to the Due to the Danish tournament, uh, are people gonna gonna turn away if if their local team is is at heart really only concerned about you know developing some twenty year old uh, that they're gonna sell in summer? Or yeah, what's gonna happen? It's 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 a similar discussion to what you've had in in the UK. Sure, and 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 um, it's it's a debate that's gonna run and run, Charles. But just finally, yeah. what, what's your prediction? For, for Denmark for the summer because they're in a, a pretty tough group with Belgium, Finland and Russia. How, how far can, can, can Denmark go and what will, what will be a reasonable tournament for Denmark? I think, I think with, with Ericsson and his, his form being in doubt with the, 
with the uh, the problems I outlined with the, with the forwards. Um, I think making it out of the group stage is expected. Uh, with Denmark at least poised to play at home, we're going to see what happens. Um, but I think Denmark should be out of the uh, out of the group, and that's going to be it. I think if if Eriksen had been on form and if everyone had been on form, yeah, Denmark could have you know gone quite far. I don't know. Even quarter semis, uh, they could have done quite well, but but it would, Denmark would have been better off playing in 2020. Uh, you had more more players on form, um, but alas, that wasn't to happen, and and now we're just going to be happy with with making it out out of the group. And I think Denmark should be it's going to be even against Russia, but I think I st- I still I still fancy Denmark to make it past Russia, and then we we lose in the next oh. round. Okay, Charles, that's that's fascinating stuff to hear from you. Thanks so much for your time, and hopefully we will meet up in person uh, very soon and and share uh, a few drinks again and um, and watch a game together again. I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks so much for your time. That sounds like a good idea. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you liked it and you want to find out more, there's a new podcast with a different journalist from every single country competing in this summer's European Championship. You can find them all wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you know whenever I release a new episode. And you can find out more great sports podcasts on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Just head to sport-social.co.uk. Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. Follow and subscribe now so you never miss an episode. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.